The opinions voiced in this show or program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. Lindsay Wealth Management LLC is a registered investment advisor. Good morning. Welcome to Financial Questions, Real Answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner with Lindsay Wealth Management. Today is Friday, April 21st, 2023. If you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You can send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. One thing we just do want to mention, this is the third... Uh, Friday of the month, which is options expiration on a monthly basis. So just be aware uh, for possible changes that uh, can happen in, in this market at this point in time. Uh, the market has been very interesting and getting more interesting by the day. And let's just explain that to you. We're starting off with the S&P 500. Again, that's SPX. You cannot invest directly into SPX, anything we do talk about in this radio show, is not a recommendation to buy or sell, uh, but it is at least giving you an indication of possibly where some of these markets could possibly be heading. Uh, With the SPX, the level that was needed to get to more than likely was 4150 to 4172. And what happened was on Tuesday, the high was a 4169.48 was the high, and the close was 4154, which was the highest close that we have had. And then yesterday, uh, or excuse me, that was... Hold on, that's Tuesday. Wednesday, the market was down. Yesterday, the market was down. Uh, market is overbought on a daily basis. Market is overbought on a weekly basis. The question is whether that this is, is this the high put in or not? Now, the other part that people should be paying close attention to, uh, and this is something that not a lot of people do, and this is why you have to look at varying time frames when you're looking at all this, and you will have, of course, those people that will tell you, oh, well, we have already put the bottom in in October. You know, everything here, this is the big rally that's come up, and we're in a new bull market. That is just not very smart, in my opinion. When you go back to January 2022, to October of 22. And you do a 50% retracement off of that. That number is 41.55, and we closed at 41.54 on Tuesday. You're right there. Now it could go up to 43.11. That's what. That's the part here that we don't know yet. There could be a little a little uh, correction that happens and it goes up, but. The odds are getting here because it didn't make a new high, because it's already in a correction, because it is holding underneath the 41.95 mark. Um, all of this is telling you this very well could be the end. And, it, and if it is, again, 
this could be a one two on a wave three, especially as the wave two just doesn't have to go and make a new high here. As long as it stays below the forty one ninety five, that's fine. Uh, it would be a little bit unusual. I'm not going to say that, but anyway, the 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 market is moving downward. The other part to look at in this is the volume. Volume is about cut in half and normal. There's no buying power here. This is why we've been side. We just keep going sideways in this market. We were sideways for five days. It is, or was it five? Hold on here. It was seven days, eight days, up until Wednesday of last week. Thursday, you got the big pop. Since Thursday, we until yesterday when it started to move downward, it hardly moved at all again. So all we've done, really, has just been sideways, sideways, and sideways now for almost three trading weeks. It's with, within points, singular points, uh, not, not double digits. I mean, that's just, that's just telling you that the market is not moving in a, in a particular direction. Uh, at this point in time and is looking at that. So just be prepared uh, as we start to hurt, head into this earnings season and some of these things start keep coming out. Uh, I do think you're going to see more and more surprises uh, to the downside uh, more than you are the upside. But at least uh, with the S&P 500, that's that's where it is. Uh, basically right in line with where everything I mean, you're, you're less than a half a tick from the probable where it should be at least on a closing basis. And you actually already had that close, um, was 41.64 actually took place in February. So you actually already had reached the 41.55 mark, but you're there again. Uh, so that's just, all of these are just signs of where the market is at this point in time. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, at least on a daily basis, um, it could be down for another day or two. It's actually been a little bit stronger. Uh, the weekly is moving towards overbought. The Russell 2000 on a daily basis is overbought on a weekly basis. Uh, may have another two to three weeks to go on a weekly basis for it. The NASDAQ weekly basis or daily basis is overbought. The weekly is overbought as well. Basically, it's all set up here to go down. That's the real um, indicator that you need to understand when we are dealing with these uh, markets and these situations that we currently are. Uh, when it does come to um, uh, notes and bonds, it appears here that uh, the dailies, both of them are near near daily lows, and the weeklies is actually should be down for about three weeks on both of them. Uh, with that being the case, so just just bear that in mind as we are paying attention to this. Uh, looking at the volatility index, this is something that I just wanted to point out. It is so extreme. I'm going to give you the numbers here because this is just wild on this. It's all the way down to 1675, which is the lowest that it has been. I'm trying to back out. I mean, this is how far I got back. I got to get it on a weekly. I can't even do it on a daily. It hasn't been that low since, like, November of 2021. I'm telling you, this is about ready to change here. The other part is when you look at this on a weekly basis, it could go down for another week or two. But I'll tell you, on the daily, the the fast line on the daily, it's zero and zero. I mean, that's extreme as you can get. And even on the slower line, it's zero and five. I mean, it's about ready to go the other way very hard here. So just keep that in mind. And even though the market was down yesterday, the VIX was actually going down, uh, sort of surprising. Uh, but 
that's just the where where that is at this point in time. Gold gold is at least on a daily basis is near a bottom. The weekly is starting to come down, so we'll see how this trends down. Again, around 1850 is what we're looking for in gold. That's that would be the ideal stopping point that uh, should take place. Silver on a daily basis probably down another. Man, it should be right there. It should almost be over weekly. It's definitely overbought. It should be down for uh, three to four weeks at a minimum. Moving to the euro dollar, uh, should be down uh, for another day, day or two max. The weekly is overbought. Again, all these things are basically in there. The dollar should be exact opposite. Yes, exact dollar is overbought on a day daily, and it's oversold on the weekly. Uh, just how it should be. Good old Bitcoin. Bitcoin is down on a daily basis. Could be down for another day or two. Uh, it's come down quite a bit here off of the 31,000. It's down to 29,000. Don't be surprised. Continue to see this go down. It's moving out of the weekly overbought. So should be, let's see if 25,000 holds here in the next few weeks. 25,000 doesn't hold and look for 20. If 20 doesn't hold and look for 15. If 15 doesn't hold, look for 10 because this could get wild here on this one. Uh, oil prices. Oil, as we said, should be coming down, uh, maybe making a uh, daily low at this point in time, uh, getting down to $77. The weekly has been overbought, so it should be moving down here shortly. Uh, the target price there is $73 to $71 here over the next uh, three to four weeks, so you want to just do keep that in mind, uh, paying attention to that. Soybeans. The daily is overbought uh, and coming down. The weekly, you still, we're going to see. We're going to see if it can get up there and, and get above the the fifteen fifty five ish area over the next week or two. I don't think it will, but we will see. If it does, beans will go up very heavily because the people that are short this will have to cover at that point in time. Uh, corn on a daily basis is overbought at this point in time and the weekly is nearing overbought so look for this we're, we're at the extreme of uh 673 uh is where we are right now so that that's that's very close to the extreme so just be aware of that we do need to go to a short break as always if you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show we'd love to hear from you 812 316 2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Financial questions, real answers right back after this short break. Welcome back to Financial Questions, Real Answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, certified financial planner. If you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we'd love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. Send it in through Facebook or Twitter. Again, if you want to follow along, uh, Lindsay Wealth on either one of those, we do put out daily uh, what is at least happening with the market if you do want to follow along. Um, I think it's pretty accurate, so you might want to pay attention if you really are in, into these markets at this point in time. Uh, as we start to head into earnings season, uh, let's just talk about how it has gone so far. Uh, a lot of the big banks have beat. Um, that is, shouldn't be a surprise at all because we can't wait to see what happens when the regional banks come out with all the deposits that they have lost. Uh, so you're starting to see that. You see Apple came out, has a 4.1% savings account now, so people are moving money to Apple as well. Uh, what we did see, though, was you had people like Goldman Sachs, which 
you could call that investment bank. I, I won't put that under the same thing as something that has uh, people walking in with uh, deposits on a daily basis and writing checks and, and so forth. I'm not saying that can't, Goldman Sachs can't do that, but it's not like that's a branch-heavy um, bank. It's a, it, on that investment banking side, uh, it did have misses. Saw that Tesla um, have, having some issues here as well. So all of these things should just be – it's sort of going about how I thought it would, at least at this point in time. We're going to get a lot more earnings coming out here in the next two weeks, which should be um, way more um, – Interesting to say the least. I did want to talk a little bit more about some of these things that are happening with the cars, uh, as it does get more and more interesting on the car front. Uh, one of the things that we've we've seen here is, and I, I guess to me, I I just can't fathom it. But I guess obviously it's a majority of the people now. Sixty-eight percent of people that actually do uh, have a car loan. Sixty-eight percent have one that's over five and a half years um, towards buying a car. Uh, maybe that's the only way they can do it. Uh, I, I just—that's just hard for me to fathom that it really is that high. But I, but according to statistics, I mean, it, it really is. So, uh, and speaking of cars, let's talk a little bit about uh, what has actually happened here with the. Um, some prime auto dealer and lending um, suddenly shuts down here. Uh, U.S. auto sales, uh, a dealer chain owned by a private equity firm and focused on selling and financing lower end, older used vehicles to subprime rated customers. Uh, so that would be someone that you really do not usually want to loan loans to. You can, obviously, you're going to get a much higher interest rate. But you're also taking on the risk that they're not going to pay. Suddenly and temporarily shut its 39 dealerships in six southern states. Um, and that was actually, I believe that was Tuesday of this week. Um, and, and so they put this out. Uh, it's owned by a private equity firm called Milestone Partners, uh, which has gone ahead and shut that down. At the end of June of 2022, uh, it the the last of the four uh, batches of subprime auto loans and a two hundred thirty three million uh, is is what they did of asset backed securities. Um, Moody's rated the various tranches of the bond issue from A three, uh, which would be the high end, to B three, which would be um, on the low end. Anything below uh, under under the way that this is stated, would anything under B would be um, would be something that wouldn't be. Uh, very advantageous. You're talking junk bonds at that point in time. So that that's sort of where they they are. Uh, the B3 was in six uh, tranches uh, in into in junk. Uh, so the the lower end here, it's just showing you that the net losses and the gross charges were understated. Uh, that's going to be a problem, and, and you continue to see some of this uh, continue to be walked forward. The second one that's done this. We're just saying again, people getting overextended. A little opposite this time. It's the company itself did it uh, by, by trying to uh, be able to do this. Uh, but in March, a service report, the U.S. ASF disclosed that it had identified an error in the allocation of payments among principal interest and recoveries containing and in the service report uh, from periods from August 20. 
22 through January 23rd. At least that's according to Moody. So with that happening, the notes that uh, were in there did impact the net losses and gross charge-offs and that the net losses and gross charge-off were understated in some of the uh, servicer reports. So this is... Um, so what do they do? They just said forget it and close the doors. Uh, that's really what happened. Uh, it's called some prime for a reason. The customers have a bad record in paying back their debts uh, with the low credit scores, uh, but they can still borrow money uh, at those high high interest rates. And so this is sort of what you get into at this point in time. Uh, the average FICO score on those is five five eighteen. Um, when you're looking at this, just so you understand. 620 and below is normally subprime. Anything above 720, especially above 760, would be considered very good when we are talking about uh, credit score ratings and exactly uh, where you would be. The the loan-to-value ratio, this is where it gets crazy when you look at this, was 150%. 150%. Okay. The average loan was for $20,199. So that means the vehicle was only worth 13500 at the time of the sale uh, with an average interest rate of 18%. In short, if you wanted to design an auto loan to blow up and do a lot of damage, then this would have been the ideal situation to do, and that's basically what happened here. Uh, so just understand that there is probably going to be more of these type situations. Don't know whether you've heard about it or not. That's the main reason I wanted to bring it up. It's not like this is... Uh, touted on the air, at least it seems like, uh, or in many financial articles that I read throughout the week uh, to, to keep that in mind. Um, but you need to understand where at least uh, these bad loans are continuing uh, to, to creep up and showing you what happens when interest rates start rising and, and people aren't able to keep up and, and pay those back. And speaking of interest rates, one of the other things that people are talking about is when it starts to, you know, how, how the uh, core PCE and some of the CPIs and some of these, the year-over-year numbers coming down. I just want to point out again, even if the year-over-year is coming down, and let's just say it's coming down 0.1%, okay, great. So it, it's coming back down, and, and, and we're seeing this fall, and these kind of things are happening. While the overall inflation year-over-year may be dropping, the real trick is prices aren't coming down. If the prices aren't coming down, then that is remaining very sticky. What's the only way for prices to come down? Recession. That's how prices come down, because at that point in time, no one can afford, and so you have an oversupply, and you're and it's priced too high at that point in time. Right now, we still haven't seen prices come down. Uh, they're still remaining high. There's hardly anything where you can really say, yes, it's come down and it's, it's done this a lot. Uh, you know, the core PCE was again 4.6% in February. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it had been higher than that, but it's nowhere close to the 2% mandate that they're actually trying to be on. Understanding this, the whole process, and again, watching these commodities continue to be on pace to continue to rise and rise. Uh, as, as we are going to go forward, uh, it's just going to put more and more pressure on there. I mean, and this is to get to where um, people want to know, again, what has happened with the Fed funds rate. The meeting's coming up. Uh, the meeting is going to be, um, uh, I think it's May 3rd, if I believe. And 
with that being said, I mean, right now there's an 83% chance uh, that they're going to go ahead and they're going to raise it by a quarter point and get it up to 5%. Um, we, we were 50% two weeks ago. Uh, so it looks like, you know, everyone everyone's saying, oh, this is the, the more that they raise the inflation rate, the more they raise that Fed funds, the, the more sticky this is going to um, to be. It's going to put more pressure on anyone that's out here trying to borrow. And we're, we're just seeing that the banks are really starting to tighten up on how much money that they're willing to lend, loan out. I mean, that's where uh, it's like anything. Well, if they were only saying you had to have 30% down, well, now they're going to have to say 35. They can just keep raising their standards so that they don't have to take on the loans that they don't want to take on. And that's sort of how it works in that whole lending business is you just try to make the – you just say you got to put more money down. I mean, that that starts stops people from uh, being able to apply for – for money very quickly uh, if that's got to do that. Or you keep raising the interest rate. I mean, you do either one. I mean, they do both. Uh, there's just various ways that they can go ahead about uh, trying to circumvent that and, and do those kind of things. So keep that in mind uh, because if if you are thinking about trying to borrow money or do need to borrow money, make, make sure you understand the terms that you're getting and, and shopping that around to try to get your best rate because it might not be the easiest thing to do at this point in time. just because you've used someone doesn't mean you shouldn't shop it around. It's your money. The interest rates change, and depending on who's getting tight or not is going to impact uh, exactly how this money is loaned out. As always, if you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we'd love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Financial questions, real answer right back after the short break. Welcome back to Financial Questions, Real Answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner. If you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us again on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, one of the questions we have, should you be cashing out CDs right now? Right there alone is a sort of a tricky question in and of itself, and let me explain why that is. CDs are something that people like me despise uh, for the most part. They can be useful in certain situations. And it's like this. If you sold your house and you know you're, you're, you're in a little transition and you're not going to need the money for six months to buy a house, then, yeah, maybe you go ahead and you buy a six-month CD. CDs, at least from my standpoint, I'm really looking for, if, if someone wanted a CD, I would say, yeah, if it's under, if it's under a year's time frame and, and you're needing the money, then that's to, that to me would be an indication that maybe then, you know, maybe a CD would be best for you. The thing is, I don't sell CDs. I don't, I don't do that. Now brokers do that. Um, the normal thing with CDs is you can shop them around and you can try to figure out it's just like getting a loan, except they're trying to figure out the best rate for you is going and being able to do that. Why? And people ask, well, I don't understand. Why, why don't you like CDs? I always like CDs for a whole bunch of reasons. But if you put in $10,000, they give you back $10,000. Here's the problem with that. Inflation right now is approximately 5%. Okay, it depends on which measure you're looking at, but let's just call it 5%. 
What CDs out there right now are paying you 5%? Zero. Uh, that's the issue that I have with it is it's really hard to keep up with inflation. And even if it wasn't in this environment, e- even a few years ago, because they're just not paying anything, uh, you have that. The other problem with CDs is CDs, assuming that it's not in a retirement account and you're purchasing it, um, that's taxed as ordinary income. So any interest that you do make on it is going to be taxed at the highest possible tax rate uh, that there is. Where if you have it in some, if it's over a year and you have it in an investment, then you're going to get a long-term capital gains tax rate uh, if you have to pay taxes at all. And even if you're in the highest possible tax bracket, you're only going to have to pay about 23% rather than the 15 uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, so it, it, it at least can possibly save you some money there. That is the reason that I'm really not a huge fan in and of myself about the CDs. Now, cashing in CDs, that was the, that was the question. If you're going to consider cashing in a CD, it probably means that you bought a five-year CD at some point in time in the last three to four years. And if you're only earning 0.5% on it, then, yeah, it's probably going to be better that you go ahead and you cash it out. Are you going to have to pay some sort of interest penalty to the bank for doing that? Absolutely you're going to. But with the way interest rates are right now, and especially if you're going to do that, then, then that is the better thing to do. Uh, we get we see the conservatism all the time, and, and here here's the worst. And I will just tell you, this is the worst. Why do you have your money in CDs? Well, that's what my mom always did. She had it in CDs, and she had it for thirty years, and and that was the best thing to do. Well, why was that the best thing to do? I mean, the only thing I can say is, at at least. From a principal standpoint, the money didn't go down. Who knows when it considers taxation and inflation. But what I could say at that point is, I one, you're not your mom. Secondly, is if you're looking forward and you're trying to get it to grow, I mean, what, what are you trying to do here? Because it obviously sounds to me that all, you, all your mother was trying to do was pass it along to you. If really all you want to do is pass it along, you would be way better off just taking all of that money more than likely, more than likely, don't know this for certain, but you just take all that money and go dump it in a life insurance policy that's going to give you more money because at least when you dump that money in, it's going to tell you, here you go, you know, it's a paid-up life insurance policy, and here's how much you get when you're going to die. I mean, that's a better off than just saying, okay, yeah, we're going to have this sit in the bank and it's going to be worth 100000 when you could possibly take the 100000 and say, okay, well, she dies next week or she dies 10 years from now, it's going to be worth one hundred and fifty. Um you know, that, that's just something that it would be way more of a consideration uh, of doing it that way. And, again, I don't really do this much with my clients because we're, we're really not involved in the CD game. But if you were, that's something that is more uh, palatable and easier to, to comprehend than just going ahead and buying CDs. It just seems that, to me, it's just the banks take advantage of people that just go ahead and continuously renew CDs when they don't need to do that or don't understand what other options are out there for them. And if you want to be conservative, that's a conservative way to do it. If you want to be more aggressive, you put it in the market and you try to earn something else. And guess what? When If someone dies and it's actually been invested in the market, it's going to be a step-up in cost basis to the date they died. So it's just going to be a situation where 
Uh, I know a lot of people don't care about taxes at that point in time. They're like, just give me the money. But it is better off you're giving them something where it has a step up in basis where they don't have to pay any taxes at all. As always, if you do have a question or topic that you would like to hear on our show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. This is Darwin Lindsay for Financial Questions, Real Answers. We'll see you next week. The opinions voiced in this show or program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. Lindsay Wealth Management LLC is a registered investment advisor. Darwin Lindsay is your host of Financial Questions, Real Answers. Darwin is a certified financial planner practitioner and has a Master of Science in Financial Services.